Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your News Radio 840 WHAS. Good Sunday morning. Bob Sekolder and the Louisville Real Estate Show here with you till the top of the hour. We've got a lot of stuff, including what do you do if your neighbor's a jerk or causing problems? We've got that right off the top in a moment. First, let me introduce the folks who are here with us. We have Lee Harris, who's legal counsel over at Limestone Title and Escrow. And you can reach her on our cell phone anytime, 649-7964. And yes, she really does answer her phone. Also here in for Randy Rocky today, Steve Phillips, who's over at Swan Financial. They do a great job. You can reach Steve anytime at 439-2859. That is Steve's direct cell phone number. So Steve Phillips over at Swan Financial. You can reach me, Bob Sekolder, if you'd like me to come out, talk about the plan to get your home on the market sold for as much money as possible. And my direct cell phone number is 376 5483. That's 3765483. Or you can go to bobsellmyhome.com. By the way, in case you didn't hear, Louisville has moved up in the rankings as one of the best places to live. I don't know if you heard about this. It was in the Courier Journal. Eleanor McCrary wrote the article. And apparently, the U.S. News and World Report, we rose, Louisville rose from number 88 up to number 62. So they are saying we did pretty good. And uh, that's good for us. Nice to hear. We're up in the up in the rankings. All right. So up front here, what if you have a problem with a neighbor? What do you do? As it turns out, the extra time spent home during the pandemic may have been too much togetherness for some neighbors. Fifty-two percent of one thousand Americans recently polled said they are annoyed by their neighbors multiple times a year. 35% say they're annoyed by their neighbors at least once a month. Younger generations, Greg, pay attention. Millennials and Generation Z appear to be most irked by the habits of their neighbors, according to the It might service. be our baby boomer neighbors that's <laughs> irking us the most. I'm not sure. I'm not Is sure. Really? But as I'm hearing this, I'm sure Bob's neighbors are like, oh. No, no, yeah, they're one, pointing Bob. at me. And the number one complaint <laughs> is, in the most part, pets. Yep. Barking dogs. Music, barking dogs. Music, television, yard work. Most common noise complaints survey shows that Gen Z, the youngest generation in the housing market in their 20s, said that screaming or crying children is one of the most common reasons <laughs> their neighbors are noisy. Baby boomers cited barking pets along with crying children out of No, it's funny that it's funny that they mentioned that because yeah. some of the generations right under me, like my generation, all into having kids, but like my 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 brother in law who's a couple years younger, who's still like in the younger millennial gap. Uh-huh. A lot of these people not having kids, don't want kids, and they always complain about noisy babies on airplanes and, and crying babies in shopping centers. And I'm like, guys, guess what? Babies cry. Get a wow. <laughs> yeah, you may change your tune when you get older. That I'm well, well listen, pre-baby, when I was on the airplane, I yeah. was that guy. I was like, oh God, there's the baby across from me crying. Now, listen, go invest in a pair of noise canceling. Yeah, there you go. And good advice. And keep quiet. Now, the reason this is so <laughs> important is because Cassie wrote in, and we get a lot of these emails. This is just representative of one of our listeners. Cassie Rudin says, my neighbor built a pool one foot onto her property. So she's really annoyed, and she's yeah. wondering, can she legally make 
him provide access. Well, sounds like her. she doesn't get to use it. Yeah, okay, that, that's, that's right. right. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> can can she legally require that she gets access to the pool? If not, she's wondering what are her options. Like? <laughs> that one foot portion, you know. Yeah, yeah. Just you can put in that one little part. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. Well, believe it or not, even though we have a lot of you know platted neighborhoods and people get surveys before they put up pools or fences or whatever. You There's hope. a lot yeah. of yeah. fences and pools and garages and. Uh, you name it, out there. That and Louisville on, zoos and... Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> that are on someone else's property. So basically that's called an encroachment in the law, Cassie. And, um, you know, there's several things you can do. One is uh, you could go to your neighbor nicely and say, okay, you need to compensate me for that space because you're basically taking my space, you know, however much that would be worth. You could give them an easement where they're allowed to stay over it. Um, if they are encroaching on you and you'd like to use the pool, I think that would be a nice uh, compromise on their part to say, hey, well, you know, since we're taking a, a foot of your property, you can use our pool. Uh, ultimately, if you have a major issue with it or if somebody's going to buy your property and they say, hey, we're not buying into some kind of encroachment, then, you know, ultimately, believe it or not, you could go to court and have them fill in the pool or remove the pool. Usually it's a garage or a fence that it's easier to move. A pool is, is obviously very difficult to, to get rid of yeah. or to, mm. to fix. But yeah, so we, it doesn't stop you necessarily from enjoying your property. And uh, it is something that we deal with every day and we can fix it obviously in the, in a legal way. And, and hopefully you can just uh, enjoy your neighbors and, and, come to a compromise because not having a good relationship with your neighbors obviously is a stressful thing to come home to. It is. So Lee, if they get an easement that allows the pool to stay and they, that is in perpetuity, it never goes away. Easement runs with the land. Yes. Stays with the land. All right. Right. Good. All right. So that hopefully, and listen, there are a lot of other neighbor problems. um, And just those of you who follow the show know my two German shepherds are really noisy, and I apologize <laughs> always to my neighbors. Um, one of the German shepherds got out of the gate. They actually squeezed the gate apart. Wow. And my neighbor Whoa. was really worried. Yeah, no kidding. This was scary. But my neighbor, nice call, said, hey, your dog is out here. So, of course, got the dog back in, and then I tightened up those slats between the fence. And then what I did was, and I'm still testing this, I bought this. It's like a very – it's not thick enough, but it's thick fabric, and it's made to go up around fences. So what I'm trying to do is block the dog's vision from inside the yard to look outside the yard to keep their barking down. Now, I put one layer. I'm going to put another layer a couple of weeks down, which will hopefully prevent the dogs from seeing out. And I'm told it doesn't look the best from the road, but truthfully, I'm trying to protect my neighbors from the barking. I'm not so concerned. So anyway, there you go. The update on my on JJ and um, uh, Chloe. <laughs> All right, we go over now to Steve Phillips. Uh, Liam is another one of our first-time home buyers who are listening to our show. He says his older sister told him that she knows of, or there used to be, first-time home buyer loans available. And uh, Liam is wondering, are they still out there? Are those loans still out there, Liam? For Liam, Steve. Yeah. So not necessarily. There's no programs that are only for first-time home buyers. There are programs that a lot of first-time home buyers use such as FHA and such, but there's no programs that only you have to be a first-time home buyer to qualify for. Now, with that being said, there, uh, 
there are programs that do it out. Um, KHC, Kentucky Housing, actually does have a program where you can, if you don't have a mortgage in the last three years, which is what is classified as a first-time home buyer, if there is no mortgage in the last three years, uh, there is a grant program that they allow you to get into uh, that, that can help with your down payment funds and such. So um, it, it there there's not any specific for first-time home buyers, but again, there are a lot of programs that first-time home buyers can utilize to help with that hump of either the down payment or um, uh, mostly the down payment. But yeah, well, that's a great, that's a great, it's great knowledge. I think it's common misconception of when those credits come out of like what's classified as a, as a first time home buyer. Like if there hasn't been a mortgage in three years, I think it's not a lot of people know that they can still apply for those credits or maybe they had a home and now they went back to renting and it's been a couple of years and they want to take another shot at it. It's good to know that they still have the ability to go after some of these credits that were originally conceptualized as thinking, oh, I have to be, this is my very first home. I've never had a mortgage before. And this is the only way I can qualify. You know, we're, we're yeah, hearing. You're good. Good. Go ahead. I was just going to say, as long as there's no mortgage interest reported on your IRS tax returns for the three-year window, three years. the previous three-year window, that's how they classify it. Cool. So, so the um, the market is slowing down. We're seeing definite signs of more homes coming in the market, fewer buyers going out there, interest rates going up, slowing things down. Steve, do you think that we may see a resurgence of some sort of first-time home buyer program if it slows too much? to get the market moving again? Because that's what happened in the, the early parts of uh, 2012, 13, 14, and 15. Yeah, but the, the, I don't think it's necessarily an issue of needing first-time homebuyer programs. I mean, they're always nice, and you can certainly find borrowers to fill those needs. But it's more of inventory. I mean, you know, no matter how many borrowers we have, we still don't have a house for them to buy, especially in that first-time homebuyer pricing range. Yeah, right, yeah. Um, so that is until the inventory gets in there, no matter how many new programs you introduce, we're only going to have, we're still going to have that bottleneck. No, I'm forward thinking. I, I see the whole thing slowing down now. And I think not too far in the distant future that the inventory will take care of itself, that there are going to be a lot more homes on the market, uh, fewer buyers out there, which apparently is what the government wanted to do, which is going to throw everything into hey, a tinfoil hat guy. You got mad at me a couple of shows okay. back for saying yeah. that very same thing. I'm, I'm just pointing out what is there. So, <laughs> all right, we move forward. Uh, so Lee, uh, last week's show, Greg was on it. He, we had a story from a, one of our listeners and apparently this person was listening. She says, I heard a lady's story. This was uh, Ada uh, about the lighting fixtures. It sounds like a problem that Ada's having. She says, I changed out my lighting fixtures before putting the house on the market. A buyer put an offer in on the house. Get a load of this. The buyer apparently actually walked through the attic where she had the original lighting fixtures stored in boxes. Apparently, this attic was right off uh, one of the rooms on the second floor. She opened the boxes and asked for those lighting fixtures to be put up in the house. And her agent actually wrote in that. The contract did violate my privacy. Well, I guess she's wondering if the the contract and what this other lady who's buying the house mm. did violating the privacy by going into her attic and opening up boxes. She could be in the yeah. attic to buy her, but not not opening up boxes, right? Lee, what were your thoughts yes, on that? Yes, I would yeah. think that is going a little too far. Uh, obviously, you're going to open the closets. You're going to probably open the kitchen cabinets. You're going to look at things like that, but... Going into people's personal boxes, uh, you know, or even their jewelry box or opening a box that's 
that's obviously stored, I, that's, yeah, that would be what, I don't know if trespass is probably not, not exactly the right word, but it's, it's a similar concept because you're inside the house with permission, but you didn't get permission to yeah, do everything. So, yeah, and, and, but this happens, I guess, more than we know, though. Just note, sellers, that when a, a buyer's agent is showing the house, the buyer agents will stay with the buyers as much as humanly possible. If they're yeah, kids, unless it's like yeah, going into the attic, right? Yeah, there's yeah. certain certain things happening. The kids are running around the house, and um, as much as you could say, hey, yeah. hey, to the buyer's agent, you're supposed to be with them and go up there. There are certain circumstances. You got kids running around, the wife's downstairs, the husband's poking around upstairs, the partner, this, that, the third. Yeah. So it happens. Um, but yeah, you know, I, my immediate, if I was the buyer's agent, my client had just gone upstairs and opened up some boxes and said, Hey, I want these lighting pictures and say, you probably shouldn't have looked in those boxes. So it's probably right. one of those things that we shouldn't ask for. Um, and, and put my buyer on notice. That is not something that you do is opening up <laughs> other people's personal items. When you go into a house, I would scold my buyer yeah. immediately personally. Um, yeah. because that's just, that's just personally bad manners uh yeah aside from any ethics or any any legal because you're right i think what we're looking for is lee is there anything legal is it just uh scolding you know you should have known better yeah i mean in order for something to be to be actionable there has to be some sort of damages to it i mean yeah we all have a right to privacy of course but what did it cost her really nothing you know but except her feeling yucky and thinking somebody's going through my stuff you know yeah but yeah i think as, sure. as far as what damage does she have probably none unless and my thought my thought to further is is that maybe it just said the box was labeled beautiful old fixtures and the person <laughs> right. was like hey that i took out yeah, this, you can't have this may, yeah. right this may yeah. look and, and so look. i'll tell you we always tell our clients you know valuables put them up things that you uh-huh. don't want seen put them up lock them away put them in storage if you're that cautious or curious about it or sensitive to it get it out don't yep. this is part of the did process Ada say whether she gave her the light fixtures or not no, I, did I, she make money did she no I, I think she wanted to know if there was any legal action she can take right. but i oh. think you've answered that no that would be the yeah that yeah. was where she was going yeah <clears throat> we're going to take a break and uh come back with more of your questions with us today, Lee Harris, legal counsel over at Limestone Title and Escrow. You can reach Lee at 649-7964. And by the way, when you're over at Limestone, ask for some of their cookies. They are the very best in town as a snack. Also here with us in for Randy Rocky, Steve Phillips, who's with Swan Financial. They do a fabulous job of getting your loan to the point of getting to the closing table, and they do their due diligence right off the top, which we applaud. You can reach Steve and everybody over there at 439-2859. You can reach my son, Greg, who does our marketing photography through me, because we are a team. You can reach me to come out and talk to you about getting your home on the market. It's free for us to come out. It's no obligation. Um, and all you do is call. We come out, we talk, and we have a plan together. And if you decide to go forward, we go from there. You can reach me at 376-5483. We are back in a moment on News Radio 840 WHAS. Need a home loan or refinancing? You need to talk to Randy Rocky at Swan Financial. Why have they become so popular? Because of our programs, our service, and our competitive rates. And now listen to this new program from Swan Financial. Yes, we have a 1% down program that also you will get 2% grant money from the investor. Call Randy Rocky today at 866-766-1920. Swan Financial, NMLS 2473 and 26. 362 equal housing opportunity call 
Call for additional cost information. Other restrictions may apply. This is Lee Harris, owner and attorney at Limestone Title and Escrow here in Louisville, Kentucky. We are an experienced team of processors and attorneys who will be happy to help you with your closing needs. We are known for our flexible closing times. We're open to nights and weekends, whatever suits you or your clients. We can help you provide a smooth and quick closing and help with difficult situations based upon our history of expertise and experience in closings. Call us anytime at 502-632-227. In the real estate market, sellers and buyers have great expectations, and as a real estate agent, you take pride in fulfilling them. But some things are beyond your control. So what can you do? Choose Home Warranty of America's 13-month plans. HWA plans cover the home buyer against any breakdowns or repairs, keeping you and your clients safe from any covered claims. We offer comprehensive plans with competitive pricing, and our dedicated team will work with you every step of the way. To learn more, contact HWA today. Hi, I'm Barbara Corcoran. I built the number one brokerage firm in New York City by marketing luxury homes to the most qualified buyers. What makes the difference today in your area? The same thing, custom marketing to the right buyers. In Louisville, the agents with the best marketing plan are Bob and Greg Sokola. Their personalized marketing sells more homes for more money. If they can't find the right buyer on your deadline, they will buy it. Get the best marketing for your home. Go to WeSellLouisville.com and put more money in your pocket. News Radio 840 WHS. Thank you, Barbara Corcoran of Shark Tank fame. She is a lovely lady, and we are really thankful for her being a mentor and a friend. Uh, With us today on the show, Steve Phillips, who is in for Randy Rocky over at Swan Financial. You can reach Steve directly on his phone at 439-2859. Also here, Lee Harris, legal counsel, limestone, title, and escrow. And Lee is available over at Limestone at 649-7964. My son, Greg, who does our marketing, photography, and so much more is with me and us. And you can reach me anytime to come out and talk about getting your home on the market at 376-5483. By the way, we also have now 14 buyer agents. So if you're looking for a home, our agents can help you as well. 376-5483 is the direct number. Steve, this comes in uh, the email from Mimi, who has a problem that I think is important for all of our listeners, whether you're a boyfriend, girlfriend, or have sons or daughters or have friends. She says that um, Mimi says her fiancé and she bought their house together. And so, and Lee, you may want to jump in on this too. Yep. The I know fian- where this is going. You know where it's going. <laughs> the fiance signed the mortgage, but not the note. And I have a trouble discriminating between what the mortgage and the note. Anyway, if the marriage eventually they get married, it fails. Is the person on the note on the note impacted at all? How does that shake out for a boyfriend, girlfriend who signed? One, maybe it's the deed that she's talking mortgage about. Mortgage and not the deed. Yeah, yeah maybe it's the mortgage like and deed. That's what that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. So one signs the mortgage, and both sign the deed. Where's the problem with that? I think that pretty much is wild, crazy, right? Yeah. So whoever signs the mortgage or the note, they're the ones responsible for the payment of the loan. 
um, whoever's on the title just shows ownership of the property. Um, so whoever signed the mortgage is the financial responsible. And if they're on the mortgage and not the title, they got host. <laughs> well, you can't do that. They, uh, the lenders aren't going to let you do that. But that, right. uh, thankfully, boy, that'd be a tough one to be in. As <laughs> yeah. I say, I'm trying to figure out how the situations break down. No, I think it's, yeah. I think it's the ones on the mortgage, but both are on the deed. So if the, the deal splits up, ah, they, they, yeah, right. they, they get divorced. On the the ones, the one who's on the mortgage is in trouble because she or he has the, the responsibility of burden paying back. So, Lee, let's turn this into something that would be beneficial for both Mimi um, and anybody else listening. What type of document should a boyfriend, girlfriend who are not married? Because we should point out that when you're married, typically you're both going to be on the deed, and for the most part, Steve, you're, they're going to be on the mortgage together, unless one one of the person's credit rating is not as good, right? There's various reasons, but not all the time do you have husband and wife on the loan, but most of the time they are together on the deed or the title. Got it. So, um, what, what, so Lee, what should what document should be prepared for boyfriend and girlfriend, fiancés, if they're going to buy a home together, to give equal distribution of the home should the, the, the marriage or uh, relationship fall apart? Yes, I'd call it something along the lines of a prenuptial agreement. Uh, like if you say, okay, well, if you put, if I put in $3,000 for the down payment and you put in $5,000 for the down payment and then we split up down the line, you're, it's a contract essentially. We're all, yeah. you know, you're, we're going to do X, Y, Z. We're going to sell the property and you're going to pay me my money back or you're going to keep the property and you're going to pay me my money back or you don't ever have to pay me back. I mean, it happens all the time. You know what happens when people break up, then they want to be a little bit vindictive. Then when the other person goes to sell the property, you've got this, this barrier, this obstacle of someone who either has to sign off or wants money. Um, so, you know, I know people who are in love and everything, they're not going to say, Hey, let's sit down and sign a contract, but really you need some kind of written agreement. If you're going to get into a, a, a purchase as big as a piece of real estate, how are we going to handle this in the future? Blame it on Lee Harris folks. Just say you heard <laughs> the radio yeah. show See, where Mama Lee, Lee told me I needed yeah. to <laughs> yeah. get, a prenuptial. Yeah, don't blame right. it on yourself. Just say Mama Lee Harris yes, suggests exactly. suggested and and then <laughs> move it forward. Then call Lee. I'll give the number out in a little bit. Call yeah. Lee and she'll get it done for you. And she'll say, Yeah, I, I suggested that because it's important yeah. for, for you guys to be properly represented. All right. Right. Uh, uh moving over, Steve um Clark wrote us. He's heard about adjustable rate mortgages, nothing new on that, ARM. And uh, uh, the changing interest rate that we're seeing right now, we we are seeing rates go crazy Mm -hmm. these days. Are there any types of loans that he would not have to worry about with interest rates changing other than these fixed rates, which is going up? So in other words, he's hearing about the arms. He knows they go up. They're adjusted on a regular basis based on whatever the loan is. He doesn't want to maybe go to an arm, which a lot of people are leery of doing but he's attracted by the lower interest rate of the arm. Is there any other loan out there other than the fixed interest rate um, that you can think of? Well, um, you know, the the fixed rates are out there and obviously they're going to create the stability. Uh, But if he wants the lower payment option with the stability of a fixed rate, an interest only is one possibility uh, where basically you only pay the interest, not the principal. So your monthly payments are quite low. Um, and, uh, you don't have that higher payment, but, and it is a fixed rate for the most part. Uh, so you don't have to worry about the, the future fluctuations in the rates. 
Yeah, that's actually a good idea. That's an interesting concept, though. You're not putting any money towards the principal, which down the road could could hurt you. The If you're going to be in the house, Steve, five years or less, would you recommend an arm that's a five-year adjustable? Yeah, um, right now, uh, especially the shorter the time, the better, um, I, I think, for the arms. Um, I still prefer the stability of a fixed rate, but uh, with, with regards to a lot of homeowners, the adjustable rates open up a lot more avenues to either increase purchaseability or reduce their monthly mortgage payment. So the arms are, are definitely a useful tool to a lot of homeowners. Yeah, how, uh, the students, uh, medical residents, all that kind of stuff really benefit. You know, they do short stints, they'll come in. We, we, we see a lot of the arms there. So there's definitely benefit, you know, coming in, doing a short stint for business, executive stuff. See, you know, they're, they're out there. Those, those products do work. So that leads us to this next question. And, and Steve and Lee, uh, this both is for, for you. This is interesting. Tony sent us an email saying his neighbor is a buddy of his. And for a variety of reasons, the neighbor is in financial debt and needs 30K, 30,000 bucks. So, oh to, yeah, Tony says he's a good friend and, and the neighbor Bought the house ten years ago, paid sixty thousand. It's now worth approximately two hundred and ten thousand. And the neighbor doesn't want to refinance the house because of interest rates or sell it. So Tony is wondering, can he give the neighbor thirty thousand in cash and then go on the title as part owner for any future sale of the house? Is that possible? And how does that happen? Interesting question, huh? I've never heard that before. There's companies that are out there doing that too, but I want yeah, to leave. There actually are very much. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. You go know, ahead, Steve. Well, um, you know, I don't think there's any problem with that. If this, if this, if his buddy wants to put him on his title, there's nothing stopping that. And if the thirty thousand yeah. gets him there, that's fine. Um, another option that could keep him out of the loop uh, could be just his buddy getting an equity line of credit. That could be opening up some equity on that property and not get our writer actually involved in his financial aspect of it. Yeah. But, except that he, Tony, the, who's writing us says that the neighbor's in financial debt. That's indicating to me that he doesn't have the credit. $30, yeah. He's yeah. not going to have the credit to get a home equity loan. So Lee, anything on a legal level? Well, can you write something there? that he says you'll get 30,000 back if you attach a lien of sure. some sort. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. They could, uh, he could just quick claim a portion to, you know, uh, the other person, they could go in survivorship where they split the profits or, or it goes to the, or it goes to the, uh, the, uh, survivor. Um, they could have a contract. That's, I'm sorry. They could have a contract that says they split the profits or they uh-huh. could have a contract that says that it sells, he gets his $30,000 plus whatever. I mean, anybody, you know, really can, they can have a contract agreeing upon how they're going to handle their real estate. They could put it in an LLC. You know, there's a lot of options if he wants to, talk to a real estate attorney, they could give them the one that's the best in terms of taxes and all of those things you have to consider. And we should point out that this, even though this is a neighbor, neighbor situation, this could be you as uh, family members, good, good friends or family members that you might want to try helping them. And this might be an option to go down the road with. So they're, they're literally, I saw a company come across my, my, my Instagram, social media, whatever advertising. And it would say, can't, you know, can't, can't do uh, equity more equity line of credit. Here's basically the same thing. We'll cash you out, but they get on your title, so that yeah, when you yeah. go to sell, that's how they guarantee the, their money back. Essentially, right. is by being sure. on title. We're Collateral, actually, you know. yeah, we're seeing a number. In fact, I got a call this past week from a company that actually will loan 
a home seller's money to buy their home, their new home. So when they, they go in with an offer, contingent. yeah, they don't have to go contingent. They go in with cash, which is actually, we, and we do some of that as well, but this is an actual several companies now that are making themselves known it, throughout the country to help offset the problem with contingent offers where sellers don't want to accept a contingent offer. That's, that's possibly that's too little too late. As you said, there's some inventory <laughs> coming back on a little bit and we're Maybe. still seeing this, but, but in those, in those tighter price ones here in Louisville, it's still tight. Don't, don't let the, yeah. don't let the rising interest rates fool you. Uh, there's still competition and we still need more listings because we still see in those lower price points where the first time home buyers, there's just nowhere to go. Getting 15 offers, 46 showings, it's still crazy out there. And older generations yeah. don't have anywhere to downsize to. Yeah. They're getting out of these yeah, mega mansions. They have nowhere to go to yeah. downsize. So there's still lots of competition yeah. over the same homes. We are out of time. My uh, thanks to Lee Harris, legal counsel over at Limestone Title and Escrow. You can reach her directly on her cell phone at 649-7964. And by the way, for my fellow realtors who might be listening, Lee is a phenomenal resource. She's a former uh, legal uh, counsel to the Real Estate Commission years ago. She's a great resource if you have questions, legal questions. She's a great person to talk to. Also, our Thank thanks. Thank you, Bob, and thanks you, for having me. You are very welcome. We love you. Also, Steve Phillips, who's in for Randy Rocky. Steve, you did a great job over at Swan Financial. You can reach out to uh, Steve at 439 2859. Thanks for being here. And my uh, son, Greg, who uh, does our marketing photography, I'm very proud of him, does a great job. Um, and you can reach me anytime uh, on my cell phone, uh, 376-5483. Or you can also reach out to me and uh, come out, go to bobsellmyhome.com, fill that out. It'll come to me and we'd be thrilled to help you get uh, get your home on the market or work with our 14 buyer agents who can help you find your next house. We're out of time. We'll see you next Sunday on News Radio 840 WHAS.